get it. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. There will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. <laughs> this is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. C's in York. You know what it is? Dimly lit room. Deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. Hey, everybody. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. America's veterans, past and present. We salute you. And as we say every year, this is a day that all veterans could get off, but everybody else has to work. As opposed to all the banks are closed and uh, our banks closed, but all the government stuff is closed. Right. I actually have information on that phenomenon. Oh, you do? I do. And it's uh, it will annoy you mightily. <laughs> so I'll hold off for a little while. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. It's my son uh, who's in um, uh, real school, in-person school. Um, thank How many dead? Yeah, so so far no problems, but um, he has the day off at the school he's going to. They have the day off for Veterans Day. And my other son wanted to know what Veterans Day was, and I was trying to explain it to him. And uh, and uh, thinking, I uh, we have we have spent more time talking and thinking about Veterans Day than I think that most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, we'll be talking about it some today. It's it's not the sort of thing you should forget. No, indeed. Uh, and it's not the sort of sacred day that should become a bargaining chip with federal employees. Oh, Getting boy. back to the previous gotcha. topic. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and not just because, you know, you owe it to the people of the past. Not just because that, that you should pay attention to Veterans Day. It's to remember that, oh, yeah, that's the way the world works. If a country wants something and thinks it can take it, it will. Because that's how we got into the conversation with my son yesterday. Well, why are there wars? Why would this happen? Why would that happen? No, that's a 20th century act in a 21st century world. That can't happen anymore. Did you explain it was because of toxic masculinity? (laughs) I did. I didn't. I said if women ran the world, we wouldn't have had any of these wars. And that's why I advocate all women leadership. A statement to which sane women guffaw. Your woke women say, yes, that's right. Your women who actually know what the world is like say that's hilarious. But again, my point is we 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 do often look back on Veterans Day at the people that have served and uh, you know given this incredibly cush life that we have, and we should. But it should be a reminder that yeah, that's the way the world works. If other countries think they can take your stuff, they will, and only you pushing back with violence will stop them. And that is not going to change. Those rules have not changed at all in human nature, and we got one on the horizon. On the other side of the world, that's working as fast as it can to take our stuff. To get to the point that they can take whatever they want without us being able to stop them. Right. And uh, th- that's serious stuff that should, you know, it should get more attention than a lot of the crap we talk about. Well, and it's, it's danged unfortunate that as you look at humankind, what you just said is undeniably a reality. But it is a reality. You have to face up to it. You need to be strong to avoid being a victim. God, and foreign Thank policy. Thank God was, we are for now. January twentieth, we'll have to see again. Foreign policy was such n- not a conversation during the election at all. Didn't exist. 
You had candidates running, announcing their pronouns, but not a lot talking right, about that. Exactly. I was just going to say, yeah, uh, transgender anxiety justice was a huge topic, but not uh, not our relationship with the rest of the world, a great deal of which is very dangerous. Anyway, anyway, not trying to be overly serious, but happy to uh, acknowledge Veterans Day throughout the program. And we will. Uh, some really bad COVID news. We've got the highest number of people in hospitals because of COVID that we've had since the whole thing started. I still have this weird feeling that we're on the you know on the downside that the past that the worst is behind us. Um, I'm not sure that's true. We might have a dramatic grand slam coming in the springtime that turns uh, the fortunes around completely. That is the hope uh, around the world. As these vaccines get closer and closer to being available. Yeah, and that starts rolling out here in a couple of weeks. Since everybody's so just unable to think critically about American politics, uh, there's a British health authority. We have a statement from him that's quite dramatic. We'll bring you in a little while. The county we're broadcasting from right now went back into Tier 1 yesterday, which is the maximum shutdown thing. And that's happening all across the country. Anyway, more on that later. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, I'm okay. Are you going to get the shot, Michael? I don't know yet. Don't I'm, know I'm yet. Gonna I'm going to wait for everybody. Hold still. You're getting it. I'm going to wait for everybody else on the staff to get it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, you know, if Trump won't concede, how about this? How about a compromise? Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he governs. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Biden governs. A job share. They just do a job share. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe just during the week, because I had classes like that. Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then the other week, it's Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So, yeah, you alternate like that. Who has to do the labs? <laughs> I think that's a perfectly reasonable idea, Mike. Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing quite well. Uh, dropped off my car at the uh, the old mechanic. Uh, just get some work done, you know, uh, preventative things. I, I, have, uh, I have since paid off my car, and I am really trying to maintain my life without a car payment so i've i've taken to uh being more aware of maintenance and stuff on on my car welcome to the lifestyle brother yeah and then once you get there and then and then when you realize you know this costs a lot to fix it costs like two months worth of car payments (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's all exactly yeah Um, we have all engaged in the Listen, with repair costs and everything, I might as well just get something That's so new. ridiculous. Yeah, I've, I've penciled that out. No, no. But I, uh, I, I, I took it to the dealership because I either I'm a sucker or I drive an import, and there's it's hard to get work done on on places that uh, that don't have the proper machines for it. But they have this really good scam of they they will give you a newer version of the car you are dropping off as kind of a loaner yeah. to try oh, to yeah. just tea. oh yeah. look at look at all the new bells and whistles we got on oh look at ooh, a heated seat ooh. <laughs> you know, um, uh, but because my hiney gets so cold. Yeah, I, I'm no sucker. I'm not falling for that. But it is nice to kind of see the the new stuff they have. But what this car has that mine doesn't is this thing where at stoplights the engine just turns yeah, off. I yes. hate that. That I think is it's for, so scary. I think it's dumb. Do you hate the environment. It's just dumb. Do you hate butterflies and squirrels? Like I've, and I've, little bunny rabbits. I've spent many times on golf carts. I understand that this technology is pretty fail safe, right? It, it's 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 not going to leave me stranded at a red light with a semi just barreling down on me. But it, I still can't get. I, I I'm not yet used to when I stop at a stoplight. Wait, did the car just die? I kind of like it. I've gotten used to it with my car. I can't imagine that it saves a cup full of gas a year or enough anything to measure anything. It does. I understand the point. You no stop way. a lot. There's Absolutely. No. Way. Absolutely. I'd like it's to undeniable. See Only an idiot would deny it. 
By the way, I'm um, holding another round of my How to Argue Unfairly clinics coming up Thursday evening. Hope you can attend. Going to idiot quickly is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Only an idiot would object to this. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, super. So that's Thanks. where we are. Yeah. Oh, I can't object to it because then I'd be an idiot. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> He's got me. Checkmate. <laughs> Foiled again. I am pinned in the corner. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, November 11th. The year 2020, known as Veterans Day, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. You know, this sounds overly serious, but I'm not going to apologize it. Let's try to actually understand what's going on in this country as a tribute to American patriots, veterans, the departed, etc., and not trust the lying liars of the mainstream media. We're going to do all that at Mark. It's Veterans Day, or Remembrance Day, as it's known in much of the world. A time to honor members of the armed forces. And it all began in a railroad car, with a document to end the war, to end all wars. Yes, that's funny. My youngest son said, why is it today? Or why is it tomorrow? We were talking about it yesterday. Good question. And I talked about World War One and the end of World War One, but he said World War Two is a bigger war, so why didn't they change it to the end date of that war? And I said, well, you know, I don't have a good answer for that. Oh, well, it's already established. Yeah, we already had one. It so, had, you know, yeah. had to change all the calendars, and that's very expensive. Right. Well, and... and but you got to pick a day. It doesn't really matter what day it is. Right, exactly. Well, the changing uh, from Armistice Day to Veterans Day was a post-World War II maneuver to try to include yeah, other the, veterans When well. the war to end all wars turned out not to be. No, it was just a prequel. It was the <laughs> yeah. war to lead to the big war, yes. And it just got me thinking about, you know, geez, the 20th century, those two giant wars and plenty of others, really, really a bloody century. Yes. Not to mention the tyrants they and were all what, the millions. Like 80 years apart? And all the, all the millions killed by the tyrants involved and everything like that. Hundreds are, of millions. Are we going to do better this century? Jeez, I hope. We're 20 years in. A lot of our so young far. people are, are embracing the very ideologies that led to those hundreds of millions dying, which is a little troubling. In fact, it's devastatingly troubling. Uh, and I, I have vowed to spend the rest of my life fighting against it. And then on the, on the war front, I do feel like there's just kind of the belief, the very same belief they had up until August 1914, World War One, that, you know, those days are past. We're, we're so interconnected with economies and modern this and that. Uh, wars like that will never happen again. Mm. Well, I hope that's true, but I'm pretty sure it's not. What if I were a superpower that had a thousand year horizon? And thought, well, we'd lose 70 million people, but that would position us better for like two centuries from now. What if such a superpower existed on Earth? One would want to stay ready. Yeah, well, more on all this later. How's mailbag look? Oh, it's very nice. A little of this, a little of that. You know, it's like a smorgasbord of ideas. Boy, I like a smorgasbord. Oh, yeah. Don't fill up on bread. Oh, that's what no, I said. no, that's how they get you. Go to the other end. Go start to with the, the end, exactly. Start with the meat. Scout it. At least scout it. Or clear to the end and start with the ice cream. The bi- <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. The shrimp is at the end, and it's semi-hidden. <laughs> All right? Don't start at the beginning like a sucker. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So robots aren't going to take your job next or, or yet. 
probably, according to a, an, uh, an experiment Walmart's been doing for the last five years. So that's kind of good news. I mean, it's inevitable. but I was kind of rooting for the robots. Uh, were you? Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll get to that at some point. I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. Joe doesn't like humans. Oh, they're the worst species on Earth. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Mailbag. With a few notable exceptions. Your freedom-loving quotes of the day today come from a couple of American presidents. In the spirit of bipartisanship, one from each party, although the Democrat would be considered a hardcore right-winger by modern modern standards. That would be Mr. Jonathan F. Kennedy. Uh, Both of these speaking on the topic of America's Veterans and Veterans Day. Kennedy said, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. Mm. Well said. And uh, actions, not words, always good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Reagan also had some really good quotes about Veterans Day, but I'm going to go with this classic from the Gettysburg Address, Abraham Lincoln. Donald Trump said the late, great Abraham Lincoln. And I quote, I can't do it over that music, so I had to pause. That would be weird. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. Well said, Mr. Lincoln. Moving along to the correspondence proper. And Uh, then I look up there, and there's a Veterans Day furniture sale going on. So that's how we honor Veterans Day. Well, bargain furniture is a blessing. Mm -hmm. John writes, Jack Joe, the only thing liberals have learned from history is that it can be rewritten. You know, that's a good pithy little quote there, John. It it, it, uh, rings of Orwell, who emphasized over and over again the importance, if you're going to destroy a society, of smearing its history. So people aren't sure who they are or where they came from. Well, you only know what you're taught. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And especially as a kid, you take it to believe. I was talking to Sean about this yesterday on uh, various stuff. Uh, much of what I learned about uh, the Civil War, the North, the South, various figures involved, was sent to me by Southern views and was incorrect. Hmm. I grew up with that knowledge, and it's only fairly recently that it's getting corrected. Because of the nature of the textbook industry? The textbook industry, yeah. Textbooks came out of the South, and so they gave the Southern slant on it. Mm-hmm. That's why much of America believed Ulysses S. Grant was only a corrupt drunk, for instance. Uh, that's being corrected now. The story of John Brown didn't emerge, really, until quite a bit after. Mm-hmm. Uh all kinds of things we were taught. It, but So it's the same sort of thing going on now with the 1619 Project or whatever. Whatever you teach kids, they're going to believe that's the truth. Why right. wouldn't they? Right. Uh, moving along. Ah, yes. Uh, Chris writes, gentlemen, thank you once again for comedy relief. I don't think I've laughed that hard in a long time after listening to yesterday's One More Thing podcast. <laughs> What was it about? <laughs> you don't the tiny paintbrush. Oh, a truly right. hilarious <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's not for your kids or your, anybody who was, wasn't a sailor. Right, shouldn't right. listen to it. Yeah, unless you served ten or more years in the Merchant Marine, you probably should not listen to yesterday's One More Thing podcast. Yeah, it's not for everyone. It's not for anyone. I'd like. I'd probably <laughs> I wish I hadn't told some of those stories. I wish I hadn't heard them. <laughs> So uh, download it at your own peril. (laughs) Moving along. Brandon writes, uh, I've heard you mention a couple of times that the flu vaccine is 30 to 60% effective. This is not quite correct. 
The type of flu that the vaccine targets is determined months in advance of the flu season to allow for production of the millions of doses needed. Sometimes the flu that shows up during mm. mid-season is not the flu that was expected, and the chosen vaccine does not work against it, Excellent which point. means in some years it's 0%. I actually Excellent was, point. I was thinking that as we were discussing it, but I thought, okay, now we're getting really complicated. But, yeah, when they target the correct flu, it's 30 to 60% effective. When they swing and miss because something funky emerges from some bat cave in China... So the fact that we've got a then, ni- then we whiff. So the fact that we've got a ninety percent effective rate looking we're looking at on this one is really quite amazing. Then yeah. on the COVID, yes, yes, unless the bastard mutates significantly. Oh boy, that would be that. That would be. I don't know who is in the charge of the world, but somebody'd have to say, "Oh, the world group, world, we need you all to sit down for a second. We have some bad news. The vaccine right. we came up with uh, doesn't matter anymore." Well, at that point, that makes policy a hell of a lot simpler. Go live your lives, protect yourselves the best you can, and this is what humankind has now. This is one of the risks we run. Take the stuff you've always wanted, covet your neighbor's neighbor's wife, whatever you want to do. No, 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 that's that's not what I'm saying at all. You missed my point. I did miss your point. No coveting of the neighbor's wife? This is just in the same category as heart disease and stroke and cancer and everything else. It's part of the risk we run being alive. Go live your life. I'll be in my apartment. That's fine. <laughs> That's you, your choice. Live the life you choose. I didn't even get into the uh, the enemies list email that I found so good and a whistleblower from Big Pharma. Mm. That to come. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I heard that Royal Caribbean is looking for volunteers to go on test cruises. <laughs> it sounds, sounds fun. All you need is your bathing suit. And to sign 8,000 documents saying you won't sue. Yeah, I would imagine the paperwork is, uh, is something for taking a test cruise. Oh, boy. See if you get covid Happy Veterans Day, by the way, or respectful Veterans Day, whatever you're supposed to say. I was thinking I'm going to make a video with my kids to send to my brother. That's nice. Who fought in uh, two different Iraq wars um, today for Veterans Day. A couple of quick COVID things for you. Uh, We have more people in the hospital with COVID than we've had at any point since this whole thing started. The number of people currently hospitalized with COVID-19 hit an all-time high yesterday. So that's uh, that's not good. That's no, not the direction not we were hoping to be going uh, by the time you got to November when this whole thing started back in March. Uh, and one more thing. The, center, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, updated its guidance on masks to indicate that masks protect both the individuals wearing them and those around them. Okay. So live with that update. Coming up on the show, among other things, and as always, if you have to tune out, perhaps you have a job uh, or what have you, uh, you can download uh, podcasts, armstrongandgetty.com, later today or tomorrow or 20 years from now, presumably. Uh, But coming up on the show, speaking of Veterans Day, if even a fairly uh, knowledgeable person were asked, uh, name name the wars in which Americans risked and lost their lives to defend the country. And some of the wars are more righteous than others, frankly, but um, can you name them for me? 
I think if you were really, really up on history, you might get somewhere around 50%. Really? Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. Also, uh, apropos of nothing, uh, good news if you're a Danish mink. So stay tuned. I don't know how many of the furry little beasts we have listening, but we have good news for you. I think this is an excellent, excellent point uh, by John. Uh, You're hearing a chorus from the mainstream media, which is roughly 95% manned by uh, people of a liberal bent. Um, I have have no problem with lefty people. I believe in the yin and the yang, the balance, the male, the female, etc. It's the way the universe is made. Um, But if you have an industry that's 95% one thing, and I'd say 95% might be low, um, that's a problem. We're hearing a chorus of how Republicans need to tell Trump to get out. Okay. With this note from John, I thought was good. I think it's pathetic. I have not heard one person yet say that the Democrats' McCarthy-esque enemies list, if used to deny employment, as many of them have suggested, is against the law. Nobody's saying that. Democrats, have you heard of the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission? Or in California, the Fair Employment and Housing Council. If they deny one person employment based on their political beliefs, that denied person will have a lawsuit good enough they may never have to work again, ironically. K-O-B-T-L-A-C-C-R-D. Keep on breaking the law and calling conservative racist Democrats. Keep fighting the fight, Jack and Joe. We will, John. Uh, It's a good point. What uh, Jake Tapper is suggesting, AOC, out and out called for compiling a list of people who supported Trump and making sure they never work again. Where are the Democrats condemning that? I thought uh, Mitch McConnell had it nailed yesterday when he said, look, it's going to be fine. They're challenging the votes. They should. We got plenty of time. The process will work, which is what I, I exactly what I agree with. It'll be fine. Yep. There's no hurry. All this stuff gets certified in December, then the Electoral yeah, College does their thing in January. It'll be, it'll be fine. Right. The Biden team has started their transition. Nothing's slowing them down. Everything everything is 100% fine. The only thing I find funny about it is if that it were in the reverse, given the fact that Hillary said, do not concede under any circumstances. Right. And can you imagine if there were any stories, no matter how harebrained, about... Uh, voter fraud, if Trump had eked out the win, how different the coverage would all be, be of all this. Oh, please. About conceding and stealing elections and everything as like that. As different as it could be. <laughs> I mean, it'd be hilarious. I wish, we, I wish we could run the experiment just to watch it. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I've got, I'm getting word through my uh, top secret source earpiece. The FBI is now investigating the Biden campaign because of reported contacts with foreign officials violating the Logan Act. In fact, Joe Biden has been saying publicly he's been talking to a bunch of foreign leaders. Yeah, because that's what a transition team does. Unbelievable. Moving along. Al Anonymous writes. On the subject of Big Pharma, the topic is actually it was kind of odd that the big Pfizer announcement about the 90% effectiveness rate, 90 plus percent of their uh, vaccine against the vid, it came out a couple of days after the election. I think six days? Yeah, a few days, yeah. So, you dumb many. bastards. So not very many. Trump had been saying, it's around the corner, we're almost there. And Fact check, no it's not. No it's not. The president reporting without evidence that a vaccine is coming soon, and then it absolutely was. And we suggested it's not proof of anything. Uh -uh. 
No. Pfizer says, nah, we we finally got the paperwork done. Uh, we, we checked the data. We just got done checking the data. It works. If it had come out a week before the election, uh, people would be claiming it's phony and not real. And uh, the the Trump administration forced Pfizer to say that. Or exactly. Something. Yeah. Yeah. You would have uh, blue check marks citing anonymous sources. Uh, having pointed that out on the subject of big pharma not being in the. T- uh, well, that's kind of a weird way to start, but I can absolutely see the pharmaceutical industry slash general health industry. Uh, more the administration than the practitioners holding back the COVID-19 vaccine announcement. I work in the advertising industry specifically for biomedical and pharmaceutical companies. The leadership and most rank-and-file employees of my organization, as well as those of the mass, vast majority of clients we deal with, routinely talk about how much they despise Trump. So much that in our, our internal organization calls that were intended to update the employees on our plans to address concerns and working conditions due to COVID turned into nothing more than what appeared to be anti-Trump political rallies. These are the internal company calls. Um, long story short, he says, yeah, that a lot of big pharma leans way left, and, and he could absolutely see it. And why would that be? Is there a reason that would be? I can't imagine. I haven't thought about it for a second in my life. I, mm-hmm. I haven't either. Uh, Democrats love test tubes. I don't know. (laughs) I do not know. Uh, I mentioned the robots at Walmart. They had robots for the last uh, five years. (laughs) I saw an old film the other day in which they pronounced robot robot. It really amused me. I don't know why. I'm easily amused, I guess. I didn't know this, but they had been been trying out robots there at uh, at, uh, Walmart. In about 500 stores for five years. Like stocking shelves and such? Stocking or? shelves mostly. And what they decided is, you know what? The the employees are really good at it, and it's just easier and cheaper. So we're going to send you back your robots. Thanks for the robot, and uh, we're going to go back to the people. Hmm. So at least so far. Humankind victorious. Yeah, take that, robots. Uh, at least Wait for it. At least for now, for what you could even reasonably afford to put in your store, uh, the technology is not better than uh, a human being at minimum wage and their health care and everything that comes with having a human. Right. Thank goodness. That'll change. That'll change in a year or five years, but it'll change at some point. And you keep raising minimum wage and it'll change faster. Absolutely. I was going to go there, actually. I used to do that. Uh, I was a stock boy at a big old uh, department store type place. It's kind of a... Were you better than a robot? It was uh, mm, some days. Uh, It was was Walmart-ish before there were anything as big as Walmart. Um, And uh, uh, I was not much better than a robot. But yeah, there were absolutely parts of the job that you'd want a human to do. Uh, recognizing uh, damaged boxes and, and, and helping customers uh, because they often had questions, sometimes ridiculous, but uh, in making them feel, you know, honored and, and cared for and the rest of it. That's what we're there for. Yeah, this indicates this is a Wall Street Journal article, and it indicates that the people are better at noticing a oh boy. We're really running low on this. You know, maybe we better, you know, stock up on that. And a lot fewer accidental ripping the limbs off of your customers because they do not understand their robot strength. <laughs> it, it, only, it only takes a couple of those, Sean, before you get a serious PR problem. Yeah, all of a sudden, the health insurance, oh, okay, fine, I can pay that. On the other hand, on the other hand, and to your point, Jack, I was somewhat better than a robot, but probably not a lot because I had to be trained and I was young and, and the rest of it. And the idea that it would have been illegal to hire me 
unless they could pay me the equivalent of the time of uh, $15 an hour, that would have made my job illegal, and I would have not had my job. I was absolutely not deserving of a living wage. I couldn't provide that much benefit to the company. So when you have that lovely coast-to-coast $15 minimum wage, which is a horrible idea, you got parts of the country where you can buy the nicest house in town for $200,000. you got places in the country you couldn't buy a garden shed for $200,000, and you're going to have the same minimum wage there, and you're going to outlaw teenagers working. You're going to outlaw recent immigrants working, because that's what you're doing when you pass an artificially high minimum wage. So pre-pandemic, Walmart was uh, uh, planning to expand the robot program. For, for whatever reason, post they're not. Um, they had uh, six probably the limb rippings. Six foot tall robots in about 500 stores for the past five years. And according to the Wall Street Journal and Walmart, the project wasn't a bust. We learned a lot more about technology and how it can assist, but um, uh, we will continue testing new technologies, but... Um, they're done with it. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just I, not quite there yet, apparently. So right, and I hear what they're saying. They learned from it, and this is what Andrew Yang ran on, right, for president. The idea that at some point, and he's right, he's absolutely. It's right. just not here yet, but at some point, yeah, all stocking will be done by machines. And the idea that you would hire a human and take on the HR nightmare and the fact that they need days off because those robots can stock all night long and on Veterans Day. Or Saturday, or Christmas Day, or Christmas, whatever you want. Very few labor protection laws in place for robots. Not a lot of sexual harassment. I wouldn't know where to begin. <laughs> uh, look for an outlet. I don't know. Yeah, you just got to put up with an occasional limb ripping. Yeah. Anyway, what, if a, what if a robot rolls up to you and says, do you want to see my nuts? And it actually has, like, nuts and bolts and, and like, screws. Like, this is a robot a working time, at a hardware Joe? store. References to screws, yeah, yeah, for instance. That was a low-rent um, joke. That's really? not a joke. It's a question, Jack. The, the, uh, PR, uh, HR, rather. HR professionals are going to need to wrestle with this in the future. You're just not a visionary like I am. You're jealous. <laughs> HR professionals are going to have to wrestle with this. <laughs> right? Yes, he rolled up to me and said, do you want a screw? And then he, he his robot arm reached out, and he had a variety of screws. Exactly. You child. And uh, I took it uh, very poorly. Thanks for turning me on. No, I just powered him up. This wasn't a sexual thing. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, speaking of wrestling, Lindsey Graham wrestled with Andrew McCabe of the FBI oh, yesterday. No holds barred cage match. This was the best discussion about this that's happened so far. I'm afraid it's as far as it's going to go. Well, gosh, you should see the coverage in the Washington Post and the New York Times. No, oh. no, you should see it. Go, go try to find it. Yeah, yeah. Lying yeah interesting. And the lies they it's, lie. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. We'll play you a couple of highlights coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You are the head of the FBI. You were very personally involved in the press conference with Hillary Clinton in releasing that letter in October of 2016. I mean, you made all those decisions by yourself. And you mean to tell me that you didn't know the DNC had funded the dossier. You didn't know it was unverified. You didn't know that Chris Steele was being paid by the FBI. You didn't know that Chris Steele had been dismissed by the FBI for violating your own rules. 
I mean, why are you the head of the FBI? We can go get the greeter at Walmart to not know that. (laughs) (laughs) I miss Trey Gowdy in Congress, but I appreciate that he's still on the scene. So that was him on Fox talking about all the things that uh, James Comey did not know. But Lindsey Graham, who is the chair of the, uh, well, a, a number of different committees, but the, the Judiciary Committee, they're looking into the how the FBI spied on the Trump campaign and why and who's to blame and all that sort of stuff yesterday. And there's a, about a 15-minute question and answer session that uh, I listened to yesterday. It was absolutely fantastic. Oh, man, it was uh, it was serious. It was hostile. It was bloody. It, it's it's. It's hard to completely enjoy because it's not going to make a dent, as Joe, Joe mentioned before the commercials. There's no coverage of it in the New York Times or the Washington Post. It didn't make it on any of the Trump hate networks, and no, nobody cares anymore. And you move on, and they got away with it, which is what I suspected all along. They're still trying to dissect the 2016 election. No, the message is: if the FBI wants to spy on you, they will. Because I mean, if if they can do it to a president, they can certainly do it to you, uh, f- uh, faking up uh, information to do it, but. So this is Lindsey Graham asking the former, uh, the guy who was running the FBI at the time. Andrew McCabe. Andrew McCabe uh, about the warrant that they got to spy on the Trump campaign. You didn't know that in January, the subsource tells the FBI he had no idea where some of the language attributed to him came from. His contacts never mentioned some of the information attributed to them. He said he did not know the origins of other information that was supposedly from his contacts. He did not recall other information attributed to him or his contacts. Still used incorrect source characterizations, characterizations for the primary subsources contacts. Uh, that in March he said he never expected to still to put his statements in reports or present them as facts. The statements were word of mouth and hearsay conversations had with friends over beers or statements made in jest that should be taken with a grain of salt. Was any of that ever communicated to you? Uh, No, sir. Not that I can recall. If you knew then what you know now, would you have signed the warrant application in June of 2017 against Carter Page? Uh, No, sir. Okay. The long and short of it is the FBI knew for... At least six months. I mean, knew with certainty that the Steele dossier was a work of fiction. And in fact, the subsource, that's the guy, the Russian guy Christopher Steele talked to, in case you didn't understand what happened there. The Russian guy went to the FBI and said, hey, look, all this stuff attributed to me, I didn't say it. The stuff that it says I reported other people said, they didn't say that. And the stuff that they did say, we were joking around over beers. These aren't facts. These were jokes. The FBI continued to use the Steele dossier to justify, not entirely according to the FBI, but to justify the investigation into Carter Page, George Papadopoulos, and the Trump campaign. And you got to wonder how often this happens. They want to spy on somebody, and they come up with a reason. And it's bogus, but they've got, on paper, their reason. I wonder sure. how often that happens. 114% of the time, would be my guess. <laughs> Whenever they think it's necessary. Yeah. I think is the yeah. answer. Yeah. You got somebody who runs a business. I wonder about that. I don't know. And then you come up with a reason to spy on them. And uh, we ought to get to this one. So yep. the, the way into the Trump campaign was through Carter, this guy, Carter Page, which if you've been following the story at all, you know who he is. But. Um, Made his life pretty miserable, even though he had done nothing wrong and was actually a CIA asset. But this is how the question and answering went with it. Finally, 
Who is responsible for ruining Mr. Carter Page's life? If it's not you, if it's not Rosenstein, if it's not Comey, if it's not Sally Yates, who's responsible for putting together the information provided to the FISA court that was completely devoid of the truth, lacking material facts, completely represented what Mr. Page did and how he did it, who should we look to for that responsibility? Well, sir, I, I don't agree with the way that you've characterized the That's entire That's what the court evidence. said. But I think as the IG pointed out in the conclusions of their report. Who's responsible, that, Mr. McKay? Know, everyone who, every person. Everybody's who responsible, role, but nobody's responsible. Sir, it would help if you'd allow me to finish my answer. I think it might be uh, easier to understand. Okay. The question is who's responsible. Are, and I think that we are all responsible for the work that went into that FISA. I am certainly responsible as a person in a leadership position with oversight over these matters. I accept that responsibility fully. And there it ends, I think. Ah, uh, most likely. Yeah, Carter Page certainly won't be bragging to any chicks about his contacts in the future at a bar because that's what happened. He was saying, oh, yeah, I'm high up in the campaign. I got all sorts of international contacts and stuff. And that launched the big investigation that found squat. Armstrong and Getty.